Hello and welcome everyone to the ISI podcast. We have taken a little bit of a hiatus, but we're excited to get back in the saddle and bring some great interviews and some great leadership lessons to you. On today's podcast, I am interviewing Al Sherbaum, who has been a great friend of mine for over the last 10 years. He's helped me grow in my faith immensely. One of the top two or three people in my life that has made an impact on me. And I'm so excited to share some of his timeless wisdom with you. He spent a lot of time, grew up here in Cleveland, Ohio, made his way down to Dallas Baptist where he played baseball for four years and then stayed and taught, as he'll share with you, and um, taught religion and coached baseball down there. Made his way back up to Cleveland, has been, um, had been with the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, for over 25 years. So a lot of experience on the field with athletics. He's also written seven books, co-authored three of them, and uh, written four on his own on different devotions and other studies that related to Christian athletes. I think you guys will really enjoy his, his talk and, and our, our conversation today. And Al and I met um, about, like I said, about 10 years ago, and he was really pivotal in my life personally as we launched uh, something called Camp Utopia, which is a faith-based golf camp. And how our paths crossed, there was no doubt that him and I were meant to meet, and our, our relationship has flourished ever since then. And I hope today's conversation, 10 years later from that point, really means something to you and you take some nuggets away from it. Until then, stay sharp, everyone. We are all good. All right. Well, Al, thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to reconnect with you um, post-ISI. And um, for those of us that you know haven't got a chance to meet you and get to know you, um, give us a little bit about your... Um, background and kind of where you grew up, kind of what your, your you know, your personal, your family situation, um, career background, and um, kind of bring us up to current state. All right. So well, I grew up in, in uh, Brook Park, Ohio, and I was the oldest of three boys. And my mom and dad might um, uh, kind of grew up in the Lakewood area and uh, got married and, and then moved to Brook Park. And that's where me and my two brothers were born. And just a wonderful upbringing. My my mom was the eighth of eight kids. Uh, her her maiden name was Lombardo, and so it was just a, an Italian family. And my dad, uh, Sherbaum, it was just him and his sister, and he had an older sister. And and it was just, uh, but we had, we had such a wonderful uh, upbringing. I'm so thankful for my parents. And and uh, and as I grew up, it was it was really I love sports right from the beginning. So I, I would play every sport. Baseball was probably my favorite. And uh, and that's what I did the most. But I, I played every sport and and just loved doing that and met, you know, our streets were filled with young kids around our ages. And it was a young community and people were just out, you know, out on the street back then. We just, you know, you could leave the house at whatever time in the morning and just come back at night, you know, and no one really worried about anybody being taken or whatever it might be. And you could just go and go to the, go behind one of the schools and play baseball all day or do whatever you were going to do. And, and, uh, so we just, I just loved doing that. And, uh, and then, you know, as I went through high school, I played baseball and then I got a, a baseball scholarship to Dallas Baptist university in Texas and gave me an opportunity to, to go uh, south and play baseball, and it was uh, it was at Dallas Baptist to where I really took my faith seriously. It was probably my junior year, 
and, uh, uh, and, and I gave my life to Christ in, in, in my junior year. I grew up with a, with a belief in God, but I can't say I ever took it seriously. I was kind of a partying jock and uh, always had a belief in God, but I never really kind of put that into action in my life. And, uh, but it was at that time where God was working on me and I gave my life to Christ and, and everything really began to change from there. I, uh, I began to see the field from a different perspective, my life from a different perspective. And I started studying the Bible and, and, uh, and just really trying to grow in my understanding of who Jesus is and in prayer and Bible study and things like that. And, and then I graduated, uh, played four years um, of college baseball and then graduated. And then I ended up coaching for about 10 years at Dallas Baptist university and got a master's degree in biblical studies. It was a seminary degree and, um, ended up teaching at Dallas Baptist university in the religion department and coaching baseball at Dallas Baptist university. Um, and then from there I transitioned into the fellowship of Christian athletes up in Ohio. And I, worked for Fellowship of Christian Athletes for the next 25 years in a variety of different roles. So I got married in 1994 and, uh, uh, and have been uh, married now for 25 years. And I'll be 26 here in 2020 and have uh, two children, uh, Anna, who's uh, 21 at the King's and she goes to the King's College in New York City. She's a junior and Aaron is 17 and he's a junior in high school at Franklin Road Academy here in Nashville, Tennessee. Hmm. Such an amazing family. That's uh, yeah. it's such a blessing to, to know all of them and how how special each and every one of them uh, are. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the, the, uh, the rundown. Um, you mentioned at Dallas Baptist, obviously a very pivotal uh, piece of your life, going down there, playing baseball and coaching, and then going on to teach for, for that many years. But what was it that happened? Obviously, that was a pivotal point where you gave your life to Christ. What, uh, how did that happen, if you don't mind sharing? And what was that turning point like for you? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, you know, the Lord was doing a lot of different things on and off the field. So on the field, uh, you know, like a lot of athletes, you go through those ups and downs. And I I hurt my arm and so I was kind of dealing with some arm problems and and uh, so that was kind of gnawing at me and my whole life I really felt like if I could make it to professional baseball that everything would be okay. So I kind of had that pursuit and now all of a sudden my arm was really hurting and it was hard for me to play and and so back then you didn't have all the surgeries they do now and all the trainers and everything and and so, you know, it, it was, it, it, that was wearing on me. And then there were just other things that the Lord was doing uh, with me, with just all the people that I was hanging out with. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it, but he, there were, all of a sudden there was just questions of what I was doing, where I was going, where, where was I headed? How was I going to get anywhere? <laughs> you know, I couldn't just continue to do what I was doing, which was really almost nothing except for partying. And, uh, and so it was, you know, so he was using those things. And then there was a, a gal on the campus. Uh, she was a shortstop's girlfriend. Her name was Linda Cruitt. And uh, Alan Burt was the shortstop. And he was a friend of mine. And he was probably the only real, what I considered believer that was on the team that I, that I could say that seemed to be living out their faith. And, and, uh, but anyway, so she, but she was helping me on a test, uh, a history test. And, 
And I remember we were in the library and she just stopped as she was helping me. And she said, Al, where is Jesus? And I said, uh, I said, well, he's up there. I pointed up to the sky. I just said, you know, he's up in heaven. And she said, did you know that he wanted to be in your heart? And, uh, and it was at that point where God just brought everything together for me at that point. And that it was like, that's what I'm missing. And I went back to my dorm room and I had a Bible that I never really opened much. But I, I just kind of did one of those where I turned my head and just opened it to whatever page it would come open to. And it ended up being Psalm 25. And in Psalm 25, it, 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 it talks in there about forgive me for the sins of my youth and, you know, lead me and teach me and guide me. I, I want to follow you. And, it, and that Psalm just really kind of fit where I was in life. And so I just read that and it was almost like I was, as I was reading it, I was praying it to God. And, and that, that it was really that, that, uh, where the changes really began to take place. That's where I would probably consider I was born again to where it was, mm. you know, I, the Holy Spirit came into my life and all of a sudden from there, I, I saw things from a totally different perspective and, and uh, started pursuing God in my life. An amazing story. Yeah. Old Linda Cruitt. Thanks, yeah. Linda. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> just as simple as that, huh? Just, yeah. That's amazing. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that. Uh, college, that's one of those pivotal times where so much is going on in our life and, you know, big transitional time. So thankful for people that are out there, you know, on college campuses, you know, doing that kind of work. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, switching gears to um, ISI, um, this, the theme for 2020 was let's go. And um, the we have different themes of, you know, let's go this, let's go that. But for you know, our first talk um, and our first retreat of the year was let's go, let's go big. And, you know, you, you kicked off our faith component of, of ISI with going big. And you took us to the, the book of Nehemiah as a place to think about how we go big with our faith. Um, of all the different ways and places you could have gone in the, you know, in the Bible or teaching, what was it about Nehemiah that, or why did you take us to Nehemiah first? Yeah. Well, to your point, there are a lot of places that you could have gone in the Bible because God goes big in a lot of different ways. So so there are a lot of different places that we could have gone. Uh, all I can say is that I felt led to go to Nehemiah. It's a book that I've studied throughout the years. It's a book that's meant a lot to me where I've kind of gone back to it and referred to it when it comes to just, you know, uh, just what moves your heart, a vision. Uh, bringing people together, dealing with, uh, as you go through the book, you deal with different setbacks and challenges that you might have in, in the leadership of people, and then just kind of how you bring them all together. And so there's there's so many wonderful things about the book. I think it's one of the best books on leadership, no matter where you, anybody could read the book and go, wow, this is a this is a great book and a great model for what a what what leadership is really all about. Mm, absolutely, yeah, it's it's an amazing amazing story and one that we could use <laughs> right now. We're in the today is you know Friday, March twentieth, as we're doing this interview, which is a interesting time with this whole uh, pandemic happening around us with Corona. What, uh, just in the, in the spirit of where we are right now, what, um, what leadership lessons do you think there are drawing from that book in Nehemiah 
um, maybe as it relates to what we're currently going through that you think we could apply, if any? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, he starts off by hearing of the problem. So the problem itself, as far as the wall being uh, broken down, was uh, was a serious problem to the people. It 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 affected their economy. It affected their confidence. It affected it affected their security. And when you think about this pandemic, you think about all those things. You think about our security, our economy, you know, our our health, our health, our protection, all those kind of things. Um, a wall back in those days was was significant for any any city that wanted to have prosperity, protection, all those kind of things. And the wall around Jerusalem was still broken down and had been broken down for almost 150 years. So, so he recognized the problem. And the first thing that, that, that he did was because the problem really affected his heart, he could, you know, I think it's so important to try to feel as best you can where somebody is actually at in life. I mean, it's, it's not, you can't all, you can't put yourself completely in their shoes, but if you can begin to identify with the hurt, the pain, the struggle, the best that you can from there, then you begin to just pray and say, God, what is it that you want me to do uh, to be your representative, your hands, your feet, um, to, uh, to this particular situation. And I think that that would be very true of today of trying to connect, which we're all almost forced to connect to it. Um, and then, uh, and now we all in some way have the time to, <laughs> to just say, okay, God, uh, I really can't go anywhere right now. How about if I open up my Bible? How about if I let this all sink in and ask you, what, what is, what is it that you want me to do now? And then maybe when this is all over, how does my, how should my life change from here? Mm. You know, it's, it's so good. It's so true. And something that we could apply, you know, right this very instant uh, yeah. in this situation. Yeah. I've always enjoyed how you, your teaching here, uh, the way you have you teaching the Bible. And from the first time I heard you speak um, till today, I just so clear, so spot on. Um, it's such a, such a gift that you have. So thank you for that. <laughs> just, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And then, you know, then you, from DMI, you kind of pivoted us to the book of Isaiah, um, which kind of relates to what we were just talking about for sure. Uh, the point that God doesn't want us to hold back, that he wants us to go big. Um, and then, you know, as it relates to holding back, you kind of touched on four, you know, four key areas. And I would just want us to, if you could just kind of help us digest that and touch on those four areas as it relates to um, the fact that God doesn't want us to hold back that he wants us to go big. Right. Yeah. So, well, you know, as I read the book of Isaiah, um, it, it was just, uh, uh, just the, the entire book itself is, is a a message obviously to Israel and even to us about uh, God's, uh, God's perspective on the world, on leadership, but also his true, genuine care and how he can bring comfort and how he wants those who follow him to to make a difference in life. And he was encouraging people then and encouraging us today. And the four things were 
basically to uh, expand our capacity. He said, I, I don't want you to hold back. I want you to, I want you to expand the tent. So, you know, many people, you know, those days lived in, you know, they lived in wilderness kind of areas or desert or whatever. So they might have to set up a, set up a tent. Many of them are nomadic. So they moved around quite a bit. And he said, I want you to expand it. I want you to, I want you to make your tent bigger. I want you to go out and just make a bigger one or add on to it. Because mm -hmm. what I want you to think about is, is how your life can begin to bring others into it. Uh, your life following me, you want to be able to bring others into that. So, uh, so with that, uh, I, I kind of put down four things that, that we needed to try to expand. Uh, one was expanding our capacity. Uh, you know, I think right now we have the ability to uh, take the time to maybe learn something new, uh, uh, do a little bit of a deeper dive on ourselves, yeah. see where we are, strengths, weaknesses. What what are the things that I could do to expand my ability to serve others, to be better? Those kind of things. So you could expand expand our capacity, um, and then which would then many in many ways be the second thing as we expand our our tent would be to expand our vision. Maybe the Maybe the more that we're able to do, the bigger the vision can get. Um, and so, so if we expand that that vision of, okay, maybe maybe it's maybe I was thinking this, but maybe it could be that. You know, um, now it doesn't mean that we can't all do just the smaller, simple, simple, simple things, and and we should uh, do do that. But God may be taking a time to saying, you know what, maybe maybe that can be a little bit bigger than what you thought. Uh, the third thing is, is, is that um, if you're going to expand, you got to have others that are going to help you lengthen those cords. So if you have a bigger tent, you've got to have longer cords uh, to stretch out. And so, so the, it, it's the people that will help you pull those cords. Who are the people that you could partner with in life that might have a similar heart, a similar desire, uh, a similar uh, burden? and you join hands with them and they can help you kind of uh, lengthen those cords. And then the last thing is, is that as you lengthen those cords, you have to drive the stakes deeper because now it's a bigger tent. So you have to have bigger stakes that can go deeper into the ground so that it'll be held whenever the weather comes. So when you're driving your stake, stakes deeper, it's really as you join hands together with everyone there, they all have their hands on those cords. Everybody has to take those stakes because it's not just one person. It's probably four stakes that need to be driven from each side of that tent, maybe even more, um, to where everybody has to take those stakes and go deeper. So uh, so what you're doing is, is during this time, you're trying to drive your, the foundations of your life, the convictions that you have on, on Scripture and God deeper and deeper. And the deeper those go, uh, the, the, the more you'll be able to weather anything that comes along. So, so that's, uh, that's what, we, what we really kind of talked about out of the book of Isaiah. It's amazing. I mean, it's a great four-part you know, four step to, to going big. Expand your capacity, expand the tent, lengthen the cords, drive the stakes deeper. What um, you think about that in you know, real-life application, um, and you think about the, the last two, especially, and I think we, I think we can kind of wrap our head around expanding our capacity, learning new skills, 
expanding the tent, our vision for. But when it gets to like lengthening the cords, um, especially as it relates to ISI, because that to me is a, you mentioned other people along with you, uh, helping you grow. In a, maybe an example um, that you've seen somebody do well, or, or just just a great example from you know your experience on someone who has lengthened their cords. How did they do it? Who did they pull along with them? What's a way for us to lengthen our cords and then and then driving the stakes deeper? Um, what do you mean by that? Like yeah. we grow deeper in our faith. Um, expand on those two for for me, and maybe some examples that you've seen. Yeah, well, I'd say one example would just be you and me, and uh, just as we were, you know, we didn't know each other until about ten years ago, and yeah. uh, and when we did connect, and it was basically through golf, we realized that we had a very similar heart. Uh, we both had very similar desires to see young golfers uh, and uh, be able to have a, a really good opportunity and a much better start than maybe what we even had to deal with some of the, especially the, some of the spiritual, mental, emotional things that, that sometimes we really didn't have very many answers for. And, and then we had that book called Sacred Journey that, that we both read that, that gave us kind of a, a framework for how we could help make a difference in the lives of people. So when you and I came together, we had golf sacred journey and then golf. I didn't necessarily play golf, but my son was starting to play it and he was young and I saw all the things that the challenges that he had. And, and so when you and I met, it was just like, wow, there's a synergy there. There is it. And then we could just tell as we got to know each other, it was just, we just, you know, we got along well. And I think that you could easily trust me and I could easily trust you. And, and so, so that partnership just kind of took place and, you know, and then from there, others began to enter into that picture. We began to, to look and say, well, who else do we need to bring in here? Hmm. Who can be a teacher? Who could be a, and just through our both, both of our different connections, we started bringing different people into the mix, whether they were going to be a high school athlete that would come to the camp or a college athlete that would be a small group leader to a, to a teacher, to a speaker. And, and it just began to all come together. And I think that in life, that's where, how all this just unfolds. It's finding people of, of a common interest that, that you know that you can have a good trust relationship with. And then you begin to build off of that. And, you know, everybody has people that they can bring into the mix. And, and we looked for different things. So it wasn't, you know, we knew that there was a direction and we had to have somebody who could be a golf teacher, somebody who could be a, a mentor, somebody who could be. So we knew that not everybody would have the same skill and the same gift, uh, but we needed a variety of gifts in order for things to take place. And so we just began to look for those and, you know, almost 10 years later now, it's, you know, it's been happening every year. And now you've been able to really turn it over to one of the young golfers yeah. that were there, you know, that now is now has graduated from college who came as a high school uh, student and running it. And it's just yeah. a beautiful thing. That is, yeah. So much of it is the, uh, the people, you know, that's, you we become better by spending time with those people who could build us up and add to the recipe. And, and that's really even one of the first things you did, um, you know, with our paths crossing with Camp Utopia, but then also in our office, you were, you helped us kick off something for me that's been, 
you know, not just myself, but many others who we kicked off a Thursday morning, you know, men's group and you led us through the study, um, lead like Jesus. That was the first one we did back in, geez, I mean, it must've been 2010 at that point. Yeah. Um, wow. you know, that's been a huge cord lengthening thing for us. And, you know, that's, that's to the next point, the driving the stakes deeper. I mean, a situation like that, whether it's Camp Utopia or a Thursday group, you know, for me has been one of those ways where we're growing deeper in faith with each other in community. Um, so yeah. I guess I got to thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for yeah. your leadership and, you know, um, coming in and using your gifts and unique talents to help, help so yeah. many. The ripple, the ripple effect that they, that those two things have had Camp Utopia in our Thursday group is just, I mean, it's pretty astronomical yeah. how many people have been impacted by, by that. Yeah. And you think about how the two go together because on one hand, it, like Jesus, he would give his disciples content. So he would give them teaching. And then there was a testing. So mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, what, what they got taught got tested. And Camp Utopia, in some way, was almost like what we were learning in Lead Like Jesus because we started Camp Utopia um, <laughs> and we had no one. <laughs> You know, that until like, you know, a week or two beforehand and, and how, you know, it it was just, and and I have to give so much credit to you because you just, you just knew that it was God's will. I mean, and, and you just were going to say, you basically said, you know, we know we were led to this point and you even took of your own resources to help make it, make it work and still got some kids there got it off the ground. Um, and it ended up being such a wonderful experience that it's carried it for the next 10 years. Well, you know, that was a, that was a, probably a testing of some of the things that we were learning in the classroom. Mm. And, uh, and you, you applied your faith, uh, to, to that and wouldn't, and knew that it was a direction you needed to go. And you were willing to sacrifice of your own finances, as well, you know, like I said, to your own resources to help make all that happen. And, and, uh, uh, and so I just, uh, to me, it was just a wonderful thing to see. Yeah. That to me has been one of those, um, lessons of obedience in my life, probably the, the best lesson of obedience. Well, one of the best that I can think of. And just, I felt like it needed to happen. Um, and that was, a you know, kind of just brought to me through meeting you and when David Cook, the author, spoke when he came, it just felt like I, I this is something I'm called. It's one of those times I felt like a, just a very strong calling that I was meant to take action, meant to do something, almost like Nehemiah, you know, like on yeah. a much, much smaller scale. He's rebuilding while we were starting a golf camp, but um, it was a calling. It, was, it felt like a calling and I felt like I had to, had to make it happen. And I remember uh, camp was supposed to start on Saturday. And it was like Wednesday night and we had, I think we had one person signed up for the camp. (laughs) And again, I remember getting a call from Linda Kresick and saying, I have two boys that go to St. Ed's and um, is this something they could come to? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure if we have any spots available. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just from that point, it was like they were the next two. They were two and three. And then they spread the word. And next thing you know, we had like a dozen people at the first one. And um, I was about to throw in the towel, but I just felt like I'm not ready to ready, not not ready to give up yet. Um, And just I think for me, it was a lesson. And when you get that sense that you're called to do something, to be somewhere, to show up, um, that 
you know, I didn't know Linda, but God provided her through whoever, uh, probably Sam Lombardo or somehow, yeah. you know, we, we, she made her yeah. way to us and just delivered, God delivered yeah, and produced and gave us the resources to get it going. Cause it was meant to be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's been encouraging for me. Anytime I get that similar kind of feeling to, to take action, you know, just there's a feeling that you know that you are where you're supposed to be. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, thanks for that leadership lesson. I feel like you sh- you could turn those four points into a, you know, New York Times bestseller about uh, oh, yeah. ex- expanding the capacity of the tent. I'll help you with it. We'll uh, be our yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we'll co co author. <laughs> be great. <laughs> um, all right. Well, as we as we kind of uh, switch gears from uh, the faith talk, just to some you know some lessons for for you to share with other people as we kind of like cool down a little bit. Um, are there, um, just in your own life, any, you know, things that, um, that you're really proud of? I think it's, it's neat to reflect on, uh, and learn from others who've been, you know, further ahead or the things that are really important to them. When you look back on, you know, life to date so far, uh, what are some of the moments or some of the experiences you've had that really you're just the most proud of? Hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just such a good question. I, I think in a general sense, I think, what gives me the most joy is I think I'm just kind of by nature a coach. And so I think most coaches just love to watch players um, develop. And I think just, you know, there are instances at literally as a coach or as a person in life, as you go through life and no matter what you do, you, you're kind of looking to see how you can really teach and test you know, how can you help people develop the, 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 the disciplines and all those kind of things that are necessary to be successful and then put them in places of testing and then give feedback, you know, and then hopefully is, if they're a learner, if there's somebody who's just open to instruction, um, then, then no matter who it is, they will get better. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I was, uh, uh, so that that would be one thing for sure. Uh, and then when I think about uh, just some instances uh, for me as a baseball coach at Dallas Baptist University, because I actually even got my uh, uh, I was ordained as a minister as well at, at a church and I was and I got my degree. I was able to perform the wedding ceremony of a bunch of baseball players that, you know, as they were either playing, but most of them at that time had graduated and maybe met, you know, uh, the, the woman they were going to marry, they would come to me and ask me to perform their wedding ceremony. So, um, which was always a treat for me. And I always enjoyed, you know, not only investing in them on the field, but now I was able to invest in them for, I mean, literally for their life, you know, who they were going to marry and all those kind of things. So, so those were, you know, there's so many things that I would, I'm so thankful for. Um, the, having the opportunity, but I, I would say it's just really uh, for me, you know, I feel like I'm my main role in life is really just to be a king and queen maker. Um, I don't, I mean, for me, I, I like helping people find out where they are and maybe what I can do with whatever I can bring to help them go to the next step or the next steps. So, uh, and especially spiritually. And I feel like, uh, if I can help people in that way and, um, and then being around people like you and others, I, 
God's given me a diverse group of people through the business world, the sports world, uh, the church world of just different, how different types of leadership are necessary for different, uh, different organizations, um, you know, things like that. So anyway, mm. that's awesome. What, um, you, you've, I know you've, uh, written a few books yourself, um, and I know, you know, just spending time with you, you have a lot of things that, uh, that, you know, you use on a daily basis, uh, especially music. I remember when we were down in Kiowa together and woke up in the morning and you were jamming to some, some worship music that morning, but what are some of the, uh, some of the daily tools, the things that you could, like, you couldn't live without, you couldn't imagine not having these, you know, these things or these tools in your life? Yeah. I mean, obviously the Bible would be one, uh, and I read that more than I read some books um, outside of the Bible. I used to read more, but I think as time has gone along, it's been more of just reading books that help me understand the Bible, more about background culture, and then reading the Bible itself. So, so it'd be things just like that. Uh, and then with today's technology, you know, I, I love I I love uh, the uh, worship music that. Uh, like the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir or the Mississippi mm. Mass Choir. I mean, it's just such a, a blend of the hymns, but, you know, just with it, it kind of, you know, I mean, there, there's emotion, uh, there's movement, there's celebration. It's not just statically standing there singing a couple of choruses to a, to a song. I, the more that I've kind of go, uh, gone along in life, I, I see that God really, I think, wants to impact not just my not only my head but my hands mm-hmm. my feet my emotions my, my 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 face my smile i mean all those kind of things and and so for me i've i've enjoyed so i usually with today's technology you can pull up almost any any music you want to you mm-hmm. know and so usually every day i i listen to uh listen to something about the bible uh, for sure and then i'm reading it, um, listening to a, um, uh, listening to some worship music. And again, it can be throughout the day. Um, whenever I have the breaks, trying to focus in on that. And then I usually like to, uh, listen to something that makes me laugh. So, um, I've got a few comedians that are clean that I, um, <laughs> that, that I like to listen to that, you know, um, that yeah, just, just always make me them. laugh. Yeah, you lighten know. things up. What are what are um, what are one or two of those ones that you like? Those guys. Yeah, well, um, Brian Regan uh, is it R E G A N. He is hilarious. Uh, Tim Hawkins, um, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, those would be probably mm-hmm. three guys. I like to you know because I'm a little bit older. I even like to go back yeah. and look at the Johnny Carson shows from back in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, and just watch Johnny Carson. You know, so yeah, classic, uh, right? You know, so classic. Yeah, those yeah. are those are all so good. Hey, yeah. just going going back one second, you mentioned um, that you like to read books that help you understand the Bible. Um, do you have any recommendations on a good starting point for for us? That hey, for me too. When I'm reading the Bible, I'll be like, "What? What's the context here? Or what's the, what's going on here?" So, yeah. what's something that could help us with that? Yeah, you know, there's a number of different Bible dictionaries that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that that will help like they'll they'll take any 
term in the Bible, and then they'll, you know, you can open up to that dictionary, Smith's Bible Dictionary, or um, the, uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, the New International uh, Version uh, Bible Dictionary. There are a number of different ones. I don't know why I'm going blank on the ones that I, but now you can pull them up on your phone. So like mm-hmm. uh, I have the Blue Letter Bible. So um, that that's an app. And so I can now, all the books that I used to have, which I still have, they're all on this app. And uh, so like the Blue Letter Bible, you can tap on a verse and then it'll give you different options. You can see the Greek and Hebrew words to that and look them up. You can look at, you can hear some audio or even video messages on that particular verse. You can then go to a dictionary. It'll say encyclopedias or dictionaries, and you can tap on that and you can tap on a word and, and then it'll give you that definition from there. So, uh, so for me, uh, that's what I've been doing. Rather than pulling out all those books, I can now just pull it out on my app. Yeah, to have it with you at all times. That's yeah, great. yeah. Well, other than the Bible, any or some of the other, what are some of your um, other top, you know, one to two book recommendations? One that maybe you that has meant something to you, or one that you've given away to people? Yeah. Well. Um, Golf Sacred Journey. <laughs> yeah, Golf Sacred Journey for sure. <laughs> no yeah. question about that. I mean, we I don't know how many books probably in Cleveland, Ohio, that between Sam Lombardo, you and myself, and probably a number of other people that were so impacted by that book that it just uh, hundreds upon hundreds of those books mm-hmm. got given out in, in Cleveland, so, Ohio. So, so good. yeah, yeah, def- definitely uh, one. Um, you know, there's... There, there's uh, there's several. I mean, when it comes to a particular book, um, I'm trying to think of one that I would that I would recommend that everybody need to read. But um, and and I'm but I, I there's a book by um, uh, Oswald Chambers that's on spiritual leadership that I think would be a great book. Mm. that that people could read that you know just really goes into what is truly what is true spiritual leadership and i think that it would be a that would be a great book to to read other than that um there are so many good ones out there that that people have written um but i would just you know again we're getting a lot of people's opinions i i I'm, i firmly believe that um that that God can speak to the individual if they open up their Bible and say, open my eyes, dear Lord, so I may behold wonderful things out of your law. And I think Mm. if you approach the Bible by saying to God, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things that come out of your law there, out of the Bible. And when you open it up and just say, God, speak to me, I'm here, I want to listen I think that uh, there's just nothing that can replace that, just nothing. And there's every every issue in life uh, is is in the Bible. And the Bible is such a timeless book. It's so amazing that you could read things from Isaiah uh, uh, 700 years before the time of Christ and go, wow, is that for, I mean, that that's happening today. <laughs> I mean, it's just, 
it's so amazing how human nature and the issues that people have really have not changed. Technology, maybe some culture, this, that, whatever. But for the most part, the human heart and God have not changed. And it's the same same issues in every generation almost. Mm. And uh, so I, that's why the Bible is timeless. Just look no further. There you, you go. Look no further. <laughs> Are there any... Um... I'm sure you have many, but you know, I know Psalm 25 was super impactful to you back in Dallas Baptist days. Um, any life verses that you that you have, or is there one that you know really is something that you keep front of mind? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's different ones that come 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 into play at different mm-hmm. times. Obviously, there are so many uh, really good ones, but uh, you know, I think the one that that I probably struggle with the most and I need the most is in Psalm 115, where it, um, the Psalm basically is a, it's a song that they would have sung, uh, back in that day when they were actually, uh, probably going to a feast or a festival and maybe even a whole family or a whole village might sing the song. But part of it was, um, that, uh, let the house of Israel say the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Let the house of Jacob say the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Let all the people say mm. the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And then I always add, let the house of Allen, which is my full name, let the house of Allen say the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Mm. And so, so for me, it's, it's the grasping of the love of God and then just always going back to it because as we go through life and you go in, into this world uh, sometimes you know the way that we interpret love or god's love is how, how could a loving god allow this <laughs> you sure. know and there's just enough of that in everybody's life it's like everybody has those head scratchers or things that are like i can't believe that just happened that <laughs> just doesn't seem right that's not just how could a just God let that happen? And I think that it's, uh, so you go through those kind of things in smaller and big ways. Um, and I think that uh, there is the crux of how you have stability and, and hope in life is really truly trusting in the love of God uh, yeah. for me and for everyone and not fully understanding, which goes to the other verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths and i think that in life you have to trust the lord trust his love but lean not to your own understanding Um, because it's everything is just so much bigger and beyond my little brain (laughs) uh, you know and perspective in life and uh, when i try to figure it all out it's just it just it, get, it doesn't get you in a good place. And uh, so you really have to rest in the, your love, trust in the love of the Lord. And then mm-hmm. you just acknowledge him as you're going through life, trusting that he will lead you and direct you in the right ways as you go. And so those two things really for me are kind of the crux of almost daily living. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Al, you always deliver exactly what's needed <laughs> and uh i mean that message is ever 
true, you know, today as ever. So yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing. Well, as we, as we close down, um, would you be willing to close us and anyone listening in a, in a word of prayer? Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity and thank you for just everything you're doing with ISI. And I so enjoyed meeting everybody at the first retreat and we'll, we'll <laughs> see about, you know, with this, uh, I know that we'll have another one. We just don't know exactly when just yet because of this coronavirus, yeah. but it, it will happen and again and we will get together and, and uh, so, but I just loved being there, but let me pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness. And uh, we can all declare today uh, on this uh, call that, um, that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And that you have loved us even before we were formed and shaped in the womb. And that just blows us away already. I mean, that somehow even before we actually were on this earth, you knew who we were and you could see our life from beginning to end and that your, your love will endure forever. And, uh, and so Lord, we just thank you for your love for us. I ask Lord that for everyone who listens to this today would be able to, to be able to grasp the height, the depth, the breadth, and the width of your love that that surpasses all knowledge, as it says in the book of Ephesians. Your, your love surpasses all knowledge. It blows us away. It's way beyond us. Help us to grasp even a little bit of that today to where we can hang on to that and walk in your love, give your love away, and, uh, and to be able to um, worship you and give you thanks for how you love us even though we fall so short in so many ways, but yet your love for us never fails. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I ask for your blessing upon everyone who does listen to this and attend the ISI retreats that we would all just be able to expand our tents and expand our capacities and, and lengthen those cords and, and drive those stakes deeper so that our lives can have greater uh, impact for you and your kingdom. So I lift this all up to you in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Al. That was awesome. Appreciate it. And yeah, thank you, Nick. God bless you. And you have a wonderful day.